0: Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm very glad you're with us. My dear friends, today your host will be your guest. So I can share with you something I have long hoped I would never have to say so bluntly. But I realize now that there is so much confusion that's been injected into the field of afterlife research that if we don't make this one thing perfectly clear, the process of bringing understanding of our immortality to all of humankind is going to be a whole lot harder. It may, in fact, become impossible. Emotionally satisfying disinformation is a poison. And the more we carelessly allow it to spread, the harder it will be for us ever to be entirely free of it. I'm going to state this in the plain and certain fact that it is. And then I'm going to spend most of our time today showing you how we know that it's true and showing you what we should do about it. My dear friends, near-death experiences have nothing to do with death. Nothing. Nothing. Death is always a one-way trip. No one who actually dies ever returns to that same body. Near-death experiences are wonderful and they're extraordinary and often they're life-changing experiences that occur in the enormous astral plane, which is non-material and it's pervaded with love at the level that NDE experiencers visit. NDEs are wonderful, but NDEs have nothing to do with death Science actually have discovered what is probably the astral plane. They found that only 4.9% of the universe is made of matter, and the rest, which is, you know, more than 95%, is what they call dark matter and energy because it doesn't either give off or reflect material light. It doesn't interact with material light, of course, because it's not made of matter. The astral is 20 times the size of this universe at least. It's composed of consciousness energy, and it's located exactly where we are, but at a higher range of consciousness vibrations. To help you envision this, sort of think about it this way. Reality is a lot like television. In the room where you are now, there are hundreds of TV channels, and there are hundreds of reality vibrations as well. Right now your mind is tuned to this material channel and to that particular body in this channel. So that's who you are and that's where you think you are. Of course, your mind is nowhere near your body now. With a near-death experience or an out-of-body experience, they're essentially the same. Your mind just tunes to a slightly higher channel and there it picks up a whole new solid-seeming reality. And often it even creates a new solid-seeming body for itself make no mistake this reality that we enter with a, when we have a near death experience or have an out of body experience is real it feels just as real in fact maybe even a little more real than where you are right now it's got matter in it although it's not material matter it doesn't have atoms in it but it's it's very very real seeming and it but it feels so oddly different there uh, it's it's it, no, For one thing, it's full of love, and you feel that love. For another thing, everything is beautiful. It doesn't decay. It doesn't die. It's beautiful. So, of course, people who have suddenly they're thrust into a near-death experience, of course, they assume, I must have died and gone to heaven. But emphatically, they have not died. And the place where they have these experiences is not the afterlife reality. It is not heaven. The reality that everyone enters at death is actually just a small part of that vast astral plane, and it's rigidly off-limits to people who are out of their bodies temporarily. If you try to enter it when you're having a near-death experience, your near-death experience will become your death. It's that simple. In a moment, I'll show you how they police this. It's pretty straightforward. So in general, near-death experiences or NDEs occur when the body is temporarily unable to sustain life. Temporarily. Not every NDE happens when our bodies are in physical extremists, though. Sometimes it's an emotional problem. Sometimes it's a shock of some sort. Whatever it is, suddenly you're out of your body and you're in a whole different, beautiful, amazing place. Usually, though, the body is coming close to death, and for most of the time that we've been on Earth, um, the the that was it. Within a day or two, the person out of a body would proceed to regular death. Around the late fifties, though, much is much more attractive, much more helpful, much more modern ways. Of helping people to survive through these periods of of the body being unable to sustain them. These all began to be developed. We had, you know, hospitals with ICUs suddenly. Before that, hospitals basically were a place where when you went in, you very often didn't come out again. But the people who had nearly died and were and their bodies were nursed through those experiences, late fifties, early sixties, and after that. They had some amazing experiences. They they came back to life again. They had had what they thought were probably dreams or something, but they were more real than dreams. And um, a lot of them, the dreams were somewhat similar to one another. Doctors began to hear these stories, and most of them had no interest in them at all. They didn't want to hear about it. They didn't care how amazing and life-transforming it was. They didn't want to know. But then a young physician named Raymond Moody began to collect these experiences, and he wrote them down. In 1975, he published his epic called Life After Life, in which he coined the term near-death experiences. And with that, the world was forever changed. As you probably know, and maybe by now you're sick of hearing me talk about it, but I've spent half a century studying nearly 200 years of abundant and consistent afterlife evidence, which was received late 18th um, and and 19th century, and right into the 20th, 20th and 21st century. We've had a lot of a lot of good evidence of what death is, what actually death is, how it works what the greater reality is, what the afterlife is, and that includes hundreds of afterlife communications received right around a century ago, specifically in southern England and in the eastern United States. That's where I really concentrated at first. I first got serious about doing this in the late 60s, and by the time Raymond Moody's Life Afterlife came out in 75, I had a pretty good preliminary understanding of what happens at and after death. But of course, as you know, I cheated. I had had two extraordinary experiences of light, one at the age of eight and one at the age of 20, so I knew when I began my research that there really was something behind the curtain, and that made it much easier for me to dare to investigate the afterlife. I mean, think about it. What if it had turned out that there really was nothing? At death, you blink out like a light? I'm really not surprised that so few in the past have undertaken this research. I, I, the evidence was has been there for a long time. But think about it. What if you had begun it as I did at the age of 20 and quickly learned that death is extinction? How would you even go on and live the rest of your life knowing that? Well, because of my two extraordinary experiences, I had already seen the light that indie ears often see. I'd seen it twice. I knew there was something behind the curtain. So even very early in life, I was trying to understand what that something was. I began while I was still in college to seriously study what happens at and after death. And even though I wasn't at, the point, uh, at that point aware of very much of the evidence, by 1975, I had a pretty good preliminary understanding. So then I read Dr. Moody's book. I devoured it. I loved it. But it was clear to me right from that very first reading that NDEs are not normal deaths. We have many hundreds of documented accounts of the normal death process from people who have died and then communicated through mediums, and those are all amazingly similar, even across cultures. For one thing, in none of them has there ever before in 1975 been a mention of a tunnel that ends in a light. Never. For another thing, the process of a normal death is always pretty similar. There are deathbed visitors. There's sometimes terminal lucidity. The process of leaving the body is pretty standard. And then we're generally fairly quickly escorted to a higher vibration. And, and there we find with, with our loved ones who come with us who help to raise our vibration, we find a whole new solid reality right in the same place. That's how it happens. It's pretty straightforward. Nearly all our deaths are planned by us with the help of our guides ahead of time and usually before we're even born. We plan the timing, we plan how it will happen. This is a very big deal for all of us. Our higher consciousness takes one of our two or three planned exit points and we go through the process very predictably. Even deaths that that, that seem to be accidental are almost always carefully planned. I think it's very important to understand what happens at death because once you stand what nearly always happens at death, you're much better prepared to relax and be comfortable through the process. And once you really understand what happens at a normal death, you will be much better able to understand why NDEs can tell us nothing at all about anything. NDEs demonstrate the fact that our minds can easily function when they're away from our bodies, and they give us a flavor of the love-based reality that consciousness actually is in the astral and in the afterlife. That's just about it. We did two Seek Reality episodes in December of 2019 about the whole death topic, one about the process of planning and going through a natural death, and the other about what happens after death. I urge you to listen to those episodes Right around now, if you can, if you have the time. So the distinctions between death and NDEs can become very clear in your mind. So when I first read Dr. Moody's Life After Life back in 1975, I already knew enough about natural death and how amazingly consistent natural deaths are to realize that what NDEs are is something new. It was a new phenomenon. At first I thought it might be just a rarer way for people to get to an actual death. I wasn't, I was open minded about them. I read quite a few books about NDEs early on. I didn't fully understand in a couple, until a couple of maybe decades later. That NDEs are, in fact, entirely unrelated to death, entirely unrelated, a totally different phenomenon. No one who comes back to tell the tale has ever actually died and been in the place where the dead arrive. Death is always a one-way trip. Now, you may be horrified to hear me say this so frankly, and let me hasten to add that it's not bad news. NDEs are a peek behind the curtain, and they're wonderful further evidence of just how completely we're always under divine care. They demonstrate just how much we all are perfectly loved. Okay, so why is it so important for us to differentiate then between near-death experiences and natural death? Why is it important to say that the people who have NDEs never get to the genuine afterlife? Well... For pretty much the same reason why we must not interject religious ideas into our investigation of what death and the afterlife actually are. We want to know the truth and only the truth. If we interject NDEs, if we interject, you know, religious notions, we are never going to know what actually happens. And it's critical to know that. Until you really understand what happens at and after death, you will never stop being afraid of death. This is one of the most important things anybody can be doing now is to learn the truth. The truth, as Jesus said, really does set you free. And the core fact is near-death experiencers do not die so they can tell us nothing about death or the afterlife. It's very, really essential that we not use anything that's happened to someone who has returned from an NDE as evidence of something that, you know, could happen after death. Because if we muddy the two experiences, we will soon find it impossible ever to know anything about genuine death and the genuine afterlife. The very prospect of that is why I'm giving you this information today. I tried not to do it. I know some people are angry with me for saying these things. But the truth is the truth. And I want, more than anything, I want you to be able to know what happens at and after a genuine death. You will know the truth. Or I'm going to, frankly, you're going to know the truth or I'm going to die trying. If we mix what happens in NDEs in with what happens during an actual death, it would be like, you know, mixing folklore into a carefully researched history of the world and giving it equal weight with the truth. Well, you know, this or that happened in Ireland. But there's also leprechauns. You know about those? Or, uh, you know, goodness, what else? Um, the, uh, the, the Egyptian gods were real and they walked around. There's real and there's not real. And when we mix the two, we make it impossible to ever understand anything about anything. And that's why this is such important information. Using NDEs as evidence poisons everything. And it ensures that we will never be able to really know for sure anything. This came to a head for me only within the last month or so. I always knew that I I might have to talk about this, but... Frankly, the experts on NDEs, and I've had a number of them on Seek Reality, all know that they aren't, you know, real death. I mean, they they love and appreciate them for what they are. And what they are is extraordinary, wonderful things, but they are just not death. But I've noticed of late a change among sort of the populace. I get a lot of emails, you know, I invite them. I, at the end of every episode, I'll say, you know, um, Send me an email if you want to talk, whatever. And of late, I've been hearing from more and more people who say things like, based upon your extensive study of NDEs, what is true about, and they ask a question about death. Or some of them even say, "Ah, how can you say there's no fiery hell? NDE accounts are full of a fiery hell. Don't you read them? People are starting to think that I must be ignorant that I don't use NDEs as evidence. A woman recently asked me if I would you know, interview her about her book, and it turned out her book used only NDEs as evidence of what happens at and after death. I had to tell her, I'm sorry, that's not something we can talk about on secret on reality. We've got to talk only about the truth. She was offended. I'm sorry. It's very important that we not mix Different kinds of experiences. There are other things, too, I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about some of the books out of late that are channeled from lower-level beings who have died. They're not in in the negative areas, but they're from the mid-level, perhaps, of the afterlife. They don't know what's going on above them, so they don't know the truth. The only channeled book by a person who has died and is now talking with us through his mom or through someone else is Mikey Morgan's. I have tested Mikey. He knows more than I do about the very top of, of the afterlife. None of these others do. So this is very, very important to me. And it's time. We have to talk about it. My dear friends, death is always a one-way trip. Near-death experience has nothing, what, nothing whatsoever to do with natural death. In fact, this is the truth. Much of what happens in an individual NDE is pulled from the mind of the experiencer himself or herself. They're going back. Their guides want to make sure that they're not alarmed by what happens to them during this brief period out of their bodies. So their guides give them experiences to enhance um, their own spiritual growth if possible, but certainly not to upset them. That's why there are religious NDEs. In point of fact, in a genuine death, In genuine afterlife, there is no religion at all. None. Every religious NDE, though, is for someone who's religious. I mean, there was a a young boy who had an NDE, and they they did a whole, all kinds of religious stuff happened. And he got to see it. Because they wanted, when he went home, they wanted him to feel safe. But that doesn't mean that has anything to do with with what happens at death. Some NDEs include a fiery hell, and in fact, there is no such thing. In some NDEs, God appears as a being, when in fact, God never takes physical form, and the dead confirm that. I've seen no no report of of God appearing in physical form, and the dead confirm that God does not. NDEs also are not guided in the same way that, that you will be guided when you actually die and go to the afterlife. Um usually it just happens you're thrust into this sort of strange, amazing place and you have all these experiences. Maybe maybe there's a guide there with you, very often there is, but it's not the same as the kind of protection, love, and care that you get when you actually die. It's just very, very different. It's a different experience. I should add though that sometimes an NDE can result in death. One of the many ways we know that NDEs are not death is that in an extensive NDE, very often the experiencer will come to a place and then be told, beyond this spot is the genuine afterlife. If you don't turn back, you will die and you will not be able to go back. We think that you should go back and finish your life plan and they try to get them to turn around. They don't prevent (coughs) prevent their turning around. Instead, they tell them, here's the choice. If you go forward, you will not be able to go back. Now, if NDEs were death, why would this happen in any near-death experience? And it happens in quite a few of them. Simply put, because the NDE experiencer was not before that moment anywhere near the afterlife. So what we take from the NDE phenomenon is the fact that our consciousness can easily exist apart from our bodies. It can travel in a wonderful and endless variety of gigantic realms in the astral plane, and and which is, as I said, love-based, so it feels very different there. And all of that's wonderful news. But nothing that happens in an NDE can be considered, considered to be evidence of what might happen at or after death let's start now with the silver cord we know that this this phenomenon of when you're out of your body you can you, there's a silver cord scene is very old because the term silver cord silver cord was coined by the ancient jews it appears in ecclesiastes in the old testament this you are an energy body or more specifically a set of energy bodies and the only reason that your physical body exists is that your energy bodies are attached to it, and they're attached to it by this silver cord. Now your silver cord is very flexible and it's very stretchy. You can travel out of body to the edge of the universe, and the silver cord stays strong. And the reason they call it—it's actually more bluish than silver—but it—it's a—it's a sort of a, a line of light that can be seen sometimes in certain lights when people are out of their bodies. That silver cord is what keeps your physical body alive. And, of course, then it's very simple. If you go past that point and you enter where the dead are, your silver cord snaps. That's what happens. And then you can't go back to your body. Once the silver cord breaks, it cannot be reattached. Your body then is in the process of dying, and that is irrevocable. It's very important to me that you not worry about any of this because it's not scary. This is all beautiful. In the natural process of a death, your silver cord gradually weakens when you're in the approach to death in the first, in the last 24 to 48 hours. And when it breaks, it's going to be perfectly natural. You'll already be with your loved ones, your deathbed visitors. Nothing about it is scary. It's all beautiful. And isn't it reassuring to know that the same thing people see now when people are out of their bodies was seen 3,000 years ago by the ancient Jews? This is all scientific. This is all sensible. Second point. The dead themselves consistently tell us that death is always a one-way trip. And they don't know, right? I mean, they, they should be aware. Those that we used to think were dead are very emphatic about this. They say it's always, always irrevocable. Once you have come to the place where the dead are, you do not ever get to go back into that body that you had before. Actually, I had Raymond Moody on As a Seek Reality guest in the fall of 2018, you can find his interview. He talks a lot, so it was a little hard to get, you know, to get a lot of things uh, out of him. But he's a wonderful, I have had dinner with him. He's a wonderful, loving, beautiful man. And he told us emphatically when he was on Seek Reality that, of course, Andy, ears don't actually die. He said, that's why I called them near-death experiences. They didn't die. He told me then, and he has said repeatedly to anyone who will listen, that he knows almost nothing about death itself because his expertise is in near-death experiences. Third point, real death experiencers are amazingly consistent, too. And while all NDEs are unique, real death experiences are emphatically, amazingly the same. Of course, as I've said, the, the end of ear is going to come back from that astral adventure, so his guide don't, guides don't want to confuse him, and his experiences in the astral are tailored to what's already in his mind. So if he's a Christian, if he's an atheist, if he's a seeker, whatever he is, if, if you watch um, people talk about their NDEs, or if you if you read about NDEs, you find all kinds of things that happen in them. Some of them are really aberrant and strange, but they they all sort of are, are around the, the the things that this person would most resonate with. Remember, your guide knows you better than anybody else does. It's really beautiful to see how much we're loved and cared for, and how careful they are not to give us scary things and let let scary things happen. In a real death, though, it's all—it's pretty much identical. Everybody who is approaching a natural death, you know, is in a deathbed, is 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 falling apart kind of internally, and, you know, they're, they're getting there. Suddenly, they feel very peaceful, usually. Often, all the pain goes away. Then they start to see people they loved in life who have come to take them home. Usually, it's the people they, frankly, they would most trust. Sometimes, it's a pet. Uh, sometimes, it's a crowd. And their um, energy body gathers in their chest. It leaves through the top of the head or through the chest wall as a mist, which some people can see rising rapidly from the body. It reforms after people no longer can see it. And what, what happens is it rises in vibration rapidly. And so pretty, pretty quickly, the people around the deathbed can't see it anymore. It reforms into a body in the air. And mom and dad or whoever have come for you, they're hugging you. Everybody is happy. It's a wonderful, wonderful time. And then they help you to raise your vibration further. You go through, usually it's like a cloud of some sort. And then the atmosphere thins around you and you and your loved ones are in the most beautiful place you can possibly imagine. Perfectly solid in the same place that, that where we are now. Just as if you changed a channel, you wouldn't have to move the television set so it's it's a really beautiful experience to die NDEs are beautiful experiences too, but they're not the same thing. One can turn it an n d e can turn into death, but if it does, still nothing that happened at that n d e tells you anything about what happens at death okay fourth, the tunnel that ends in a light is a rescue device. In all my afterlife research, before and after 1975, I don't think I've ever seen a single instance of a tunnel that ends in a light as part of a planned natural death. I don't think that ever has happened. The lowest level of the astral is negative, just as the very lowest level of the afterlife is what um, Jesus called uh, the outer darkness. I should say parenthetically, the afterlife is part of the astral. That's clear. I, I hope that makes sense to you. But The astral is like 20 times the size of the universe. Maybe the afterlife is just a little part of it that's only a fifth the size of the universe. Still a lot, but it's a small area. It's a foyer, as it turns out, between um, the, the astral and this very limited experience we have in this world. So the tunnel that ends in a light is a, is important if you are having an NDE because it's a rescue device. What happens is that in order to spare you, you're having to go through the, the horrible lowest levels of the astral. Your, your guides may well open a wormhole, which will hoover you right up out of, of the lowest level to the middle level of the astral. The reason that, that you could see a light at the end of the tunnel is that it's much brighter there than it is even in daylight. So that's what the tunnel with it that ends in a light is. It is just a rescue device. And, of course, none of it happens if you're having a planned natural death. So fifth, the natural death process and the genuine afterlife, as I say, are kind of like a foyer to the gigantic astral plane. When you – our home is the astral. Our home is much bigger than the universe. And there is so much more in it that is fun than you can possibly imagine. When you decide you want to grow spiritually, though, there's nothing much to push against there. So you, you need to come to the earth and have an earth lifetime. You do that in what we think of as the afterlife, which is, as I say, a foyer. You go there. You prepare, you plan, you work out uh, what you're going to do with your guides, with the people who are in that are going to be in that lifetime with you. Then you come into a human body, into your mother's into your mother's body, of course, initially, and then you're born. The, you came from what we think of as the afterlife, that little narrow part of the astral. When you turn around and go home again, you're going home to that foyer that narrow part of the astral and the only people who can be there are people who are not attached to a silver by a silver cord to a body it's really not hard to understand it's simple if you're really curious about the death and post-death process of course webtalkradio.net just go there and listen to December 9th and December 16th I looked up when they were played those are the two episodes of seek reality that we did where we talked about the planning the the death process and what it's like in the afterlife. So um, I urge you to go and listen to that. I think it's very important that you be very clear on the distinctions. A sixth point I want to make is that people who have NDEs do often wind up with enhanced powers. That is very true. Their lives are very often transformed. I don't know whether that comes from the energetic exposure to the astral or from the fact that they then let go and embrace more of their natural powers. I think it may be more the latter, but there may be some of the former too. But, yeah, but this is a wonderful, wonderful detail of, of near-death experiences. Seventh fact. There are indeed negative regions of the astral, just as there are positive regions of the astral. And the same is true of the afterlife. From the lowest vibration, which in the afterlife is the outer darkness, and which in the astral is very nasty beings. Many of them are reptilian in form. They look horrible, but they apparently they're all part of the same consciousness that we are. But they're in that negative, awful level, and you don't want to mess with them. So you stay very, very heavily, very much above it. You can always, as we've said about the afterlife, same is true of the astral, you can always go lower than your, your natural development of a uh, level of spiritual development, but you can't go higher. So um, many of us, most of us are in the mid-levels and quite happy about it. You know, I know from having tried to help people through this confusion that you may be resisting my explanations at first. People who experience NDEs do indeed find themselves in an amazing place that's clearly not of this earth, which is why they feel it's perfectly legitimate to think they've really died and come back, but they haven't. And Every NDE expert worth his salt will plainly tell you that. NDEs are wonderful experiences, but there is no NDE experiencer who can use his NDE to tell you anything whatsoever about a genuine, natural death so that's what I have to say on that subject meanwhile dear friends this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes I'm really glad you could be with us today it's hard for me to do Uh, episodes all by myself because, A, I don't like to just hear myself talk all the time. I love, love having guests. But, B, also, I have to have enough to say over this period that I don't go um a lot. So I try very hard to, to have thought this through carefully. I hope it's okay. Dear friends, please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began and you never will end. And when you really understand all the implications of that fact, it's going to change everything in your life for the better. Oh, next week, our guest will be the wonderful, extraordinary Dr. Bernardo Kastrup, here for the third time. I love Bernardo. He's he's such a wonderful young man. He's a Dutch scientist and polymath whose work is so perfectly done. So and he and so adventurous and so carefree. He's just it's just beautiful what he does, and he over and over in every way demonstrates the primacy of consciousness. He is my candidate for an eventual Nobel Prize in physics for his consciousness theory of everything. He probably won't get it until the second half of this century, so I'll be watching from the bleacher seats. But when it happens, I'll be waving my pom-poms and cheering like you cannot imagine. Every visit we have from him is amazing. And next week, we're again going to have some fresh insights based on his independent research to share. Please join us. You're going to love this. And this week our guest has been your host. I'm going to say it one more time just so we can be perfectly clear. Near-death experiences have nothing to do with death, nothing. Death is always a one-way trip. No one who actually dies ever returns from it. Near-death experiences are wonderful and extraordinary and often they're life-changing and they occur in the enormous astral plane, which is our true home, And it's non-material, pervaded with love at the level that NDEers visit so clearly, it feels a lot like heaven would feel. It certainly feels so different from the life on earth that, of course, you think maybe I've gone to heaven, but you haven't gone to heaven. You've not died. If you die, then you're never going to be able to come back to that body. The place where NDEs happen is not our after-death life reality. It's just a wonderful place which is adjacent to our afterlife reality. And many who hear what I'm saying are going to resist it. I know that. If you're resisting it, I'm eager to receive from you all the best evidence you can find that everything I've said here tonight or anything I've said is not right. If I receive some good evidence, believe me, I'll do another Seek Reality episode and share it all with you. I want want us all to look at the evidence without bias. And if it convinces me that I've been wrong about something, believe me, I won't hesitate to make that correction then. We call this program Seek Reality, and the only thing that should matter to any of us is the absolute unvarnished, unbiased truth insofar as we are able to perceive it. For all of us to know the truth about what happens at and after death is going to be essential if we are ever to raise the consciousness vibration of this planet. So please, let's keep on seeking the genuine reality together because we have, we have a world to save. Now, as you know, my own nonfiction books are liberating Jesus, my Thomas, the fun of dying, the fun of staying in touch, the fun of growing forever, the fun of living together, and very soon, the fun of loving Jesus, embracing the Christianity that Jesus taught. For young children, there are, there's one picture book out, the fun of meeting Jesus. The fun of growing with Jesus has its illustrations in the can. I just, I just have to get to the point of finishing writing it. I'm so sorry about that. I never seem to have enough days in the week, what with doing this and doing blogging. You can order all my books through bookstores or on Amazon.com and the adult books are also available to you as audiobooks. Of course, if you want to talk about any of my books or if you want to talk about anything, anything at all, you can always contact me through the green contact block on RobertaGrimes.com. I do answer every email. I had to do actually I did a marathon this past weekend. There were they, there were like 20 that had piled up and I couldn't find any time to answer them, so I stayed up a good part of the night and got it done and was very proud of that. It's very very important to me that if you email me you will get an answer. Past episodes of Seek Reality are available on webtalkradio.net, on realrevolutionradio.com, on iTunes and iHeartRadio, and on a number of other stations, including those in the wonderful Dream Vision 7 radio family, my dear friends. More and more people tell me that now they listen just through the Seek Reality app that you can get for free in the iTunes app store. And if you ever wonder where we might be live, I don't think we're going to go live anymore, but you never know. You can just go to the radio tab on com. I should tell you, too, that on RobertaGrimes.com, there's a tab that says Resources. If you click on that, you can get an annotated bibliography of more than 70 books that I have read in the course of my work and can recommend to you. If you read them all, you'll have read most of what I've read in the course of my research. So, There's a a little challenge for you. And if you enjoy these weekly conversations, you might want to check out my blog at RobertaGrimes.com. I use my weekly blog posts to work through some of the issues that we raise here. Uh, and I can expand it to several posts over a few weeks. that helps. They're posted every Sunday morning. so um, and if you sign up uh, on robertagrimes.com they'll just email them to you at 401 in the morning, Central time, and uh, then we can stay in touch that way too. Wonderful group of commenters on those blog posts. We have a lot of fun there, so please check it out. Meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy and please make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing, always knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being and you, most of all in the universe, you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com.